getting dark outside really quick. I, I go to work and it's dark and I get off of work and it's dark. And <clears throat> But we thank you for being here with, with, with us tonight. We want to thank you for seizing the opportunity to, to be here to study God's word, an opportunity for us to worship God, an opportunity for us to come away from the world and we can focus our hearts and our minds on God. Because as I said earlier, I'm, I'm at work during, during, during the day and my focus is on work and my focus is on a lot of stuff and I need time to focus on God. I need time to focus on his son, Jesus Christ. And sometimes our busy lives make that difficult. And this Wednesday night service, this evening, this evening service is a wonderful time for us to do that. Because to me, it's, it's great to have a set time, a set place, a schedule to come and see my brothers and sisters and to study God's word, to sing songs of praise and it energizes me and I hope it energizes you and I hope that the study tonight will also benefit you and bless you as, as, as we study God's word tonight. As Brother Monty said, we are on John chapter 17. So it seems like the book of John is just flying by. We're on John chapter 17. <clears throat> as I click to it, <clears throat> make sure that I got it turned on. First off is the map. If you were wanting to know, we are still in uh, Jerusalem, and I still have this map. I want to make sure that the map was shown. Uh, these last few chapters has really been there in Jerusalem, in this one setting. He's been there, he's, he's, he's had the, the, the supper, he's been with his apostles, and he's been talking and teaching with his apostles. And there's, that's, it's kind of that one setting. Judas Iscariot is gone now, that, that happened chapter 2 ago, and some things of that nature. But we've kind of been in this setting, this one long setting, these several chapters here. And he's been talking to his apostles, and he's been trying to give them comfort. He's been trying to let them know that the time that I've been talking about is coming. I mean, it's, it's, it's right there that I'm about to be glorified and I'm about to be crucified and I will be gone. And if you recall last week what Brother Ian talked about in, in chapter 16, that, that in chapter 16, John chapter 16, it said that Jesus was saying that it is of an advantage for you for me to go away so that the covenant can come because he's not going to come until I go away. And sometimes that seems kind of strange to us. That they had Jesus there in the flesh and they, we don't want you to go. But he's saying, it's good for me to go. This is part of the plan. This is part of the course and the things that I need to do. And he's trying to give them comfort, but not just comfort. He's trying to prepare them because once Jesus is gone, they're going to be scattered. It's going to be a very hard time for them. They're going to, de de to deny Jesus as we're going to study here later on as we continue the book of John. He's, he's been preparing them for that. And he's been talking to them. And now it's kind of a prayer. John chapter 17, a, a prayer from our Lord. As, as this, whole chap this whole entire chapter, John chapter 17, is a prayer that Jesus is praying. He's praying for himself. He's praying for God. He's praying for his apostles. And then he's praying for those that are going to believe through the apostles' word, which is us as well as other people. So it's a prayer that he is praying there because it's getting very close to the time where he's going to be crucified and offered up on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins. I'd like to recap in just a moment. I've got most of the verses up here on the board, but if you have a Bible, if, if you would turn with me to John chapter 16, we're going to read the last few verses there to just kind of spark our memory of what Ian talked about. And there's a phrase in there, especially in the last verse of chapter 16, that I want us to reiterate. John chapter 16, we're going to start in verse 30, verses 30 through 33. John chapter 16, verse 30, the Bible says, Now we are sure that thou knowest all things, and needest not that any man should ask thee... <clears throat> But this we believe that thou camest forth from God. So as he's talking to them, he's telling them that I'm coming from God. I came from God. God is, is with me. I'm here doing the work that the Father wants me to do. And he's speaking plainly to him now. And the apostles say, well, now we know. Now we see. Now that we believe that you came <clears throat> from God. And then verse 31, Jesus says, do ye now, now believe? 
<clears throat> Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So here, Jesus is saying that, you believe in me, behold, the hour is coming when you're going to be scattered. Because when Jesus is up there on the cross and Jesus is being crucified, it scares these men and they scatter and they go. And then Jesus is, is dead and he's buried and some of them go fishing and all those things. And we're going to discuss those later on. But he's preparing them. But he, he's trying to say that I have spoken all these things to you so that you would have peace. Not peace on the world. He doesn't promise them that it's going to be an easy time. He said in the world you are going to have tribulation just like we do. But he says, but don't worry about that because I have overcome the world, that Jesus has overcome the world. I had to tell myself that Jesus has overcome the world, that I could put my mind on heavenly things and put my mind on the kingdom and not on things of the world. We're still here in the world. We're going to be walking around. We're going to go back to those jobs I was talking about tomorrow. And we're going to be doing those things. But he says, when you have those tribulations, you have those troubles and those tough times, remember the things I've spoken to you. Remember those things. And I've spoken to you that you know that you have peace. And the peace is knowing that Jesus Christ is the Lord, is Lord, and that Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand of God, and that Jesus Christ has overcome the world. So after he says these things, starting off in our chapter here, John chapter 17, verse 1, the Bible says, These words spake Jesus as, as he was talking to them in, in chapter 16 and 15 and 14. He says, these words spake or spoke Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. So it's all about glorify. That, that it's very important to make sure that we understand that not just that Jesus, the hour has come for him to go be glorified, but that the son is glorifying the father. That the son is come here to do a work. And he's about to go achieve that work and do what God wants him to do. And he's saying that hour has now come. So he lifts up his eyes and he starts this prayer and he says, Father, the hour, the hour is, is come. So Jesus can know it. Jesus feels it. He knows that the hour is about to be here. He said that the Son of God may also glorify you. John chapter 17, verse 2 here, the Bible says, And thou hast given him power or authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Now here, here it says that, that, you, that God has given Jesus power and authority over all flesh to give eternal life to those who are given to him. Who are those that are given to him? It's those that believe and obey the gospel. That, that, those, that those that are in Christ Jesus are, are, are those ones that he's talking about. And that way they have this life eternal. And the life eternal is that they know the only true God. Is that they know that, Jesus, that, that God is God and that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That knowledge and knowing those things and believing those things and confessing those things and be baptized in those things, those are the ones that God has given to him for that eternal life. If you recall back in John chapter 6 and verse 34 here, the Bible says that back in John chapter 6, verse 34, then said unto, unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. He starts talking about the bread of life. He who eats this bread of life, and Jesus is that bread of life. And Jesus says unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me, shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that if ye also have seen me and believe not, all, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Those that come to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ saying, I am the bread of life. You must be in me. You must come be with me. He said, because I am the one. And he says that all those that come to me I will not cast away. 
Verse 38 in John chapter 6 says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And Jesus has been saying that message throughout the entire book of John. Jesus says, I have not come to do my will. I'm here to do God's will. And the things that I speak are God's words. And the commandments that I give you are God's commandments. Verse 39, And this is the Father's will which hath, which hath sent me, that all of which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have life everlasting, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's what he's talking about here. Again, he said those that God has given him are those that are, are in Christ Jesus, those that are partaking of that bread of life, those that are, are partaking of that, that, that water, that everlasting water, that's Jesus Christ. And we've been talking about these figurative language here through the book of John, that he is the living well, he is the bread of life. And it's those that believe on Jesus Christ, those that believe he is the Son of God, and those that believe that he has come from God and is doing the will of God are the ones that will have that everlasting life. Back to John chapter 17, verse 4, the Bible says, I have glorified thee on the earth. This is Jesus saying, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast, hast given me to do. Verse 5, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was that that reminds me of where jesus was where was jesus before he even came to this earth he was with god thought it not robbery to be equal with god and he's saying there now is the time for you to glorify me with thy own self and the glory which they has before the world began and that's part of god's plan god's plan has always been jesus christ coming and dying on the cross to forgive the sins of the world and it says here that i have glorified thee on the earth i have finished the work that you have gave me to, to do and that must also, to me, maybe be kind of a, a, a feeling or a satisfying feeling for Jesus Christ. He knows he's about to have a very hard time. He's about to be crucified and, and beat upon and spat upon and all these things. But Jesus knows I have finished my work. And it reminded me of what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6-8, through 8, where Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. This is Paul speaking. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is, a, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So here Paul is, is, is saying a similar thing. I think that Paul is kind of coming to the end here. And he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now I have a crown of righteousness. How? How does Paul have a crown of righteousness? How does he know that he has a crown of righteousness? It's because Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ has been crucified, has been raised again, and that through that faith and through that Faith that he had, that he kept that faith. He knows he has that crown of righteousness. But what is great and is amazing is that it says here, not only to me, Paul's saying, not only me, but to, unto all them that also love is appearing. So we have that same opportunity. We have that same opportunity to fight a good fight, to finish our course, and to keep the faith. And if we do those things, we have that crown of righteousness as well laid up for. And it's all because of Jesus. All these verses that we read tonight, everything that we're studying tonight is because of Jesus Christ. Whatever hope we have is in Jesus Christ. And because he is going to do the will of the Father, he's going towards the cross. Back to John chapter 17, verse 6, the Bible says, I have manifested my, thy name unto the men which thou hast gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they 
have kept thy words. So now he's kind of sh- shifting gears here in his prayer a little bit. He's kind of now focusing his words or focusing his thoughts upon the apostles there, upon his disciples that he has there that he's speaking to. He says, I have manifested myself, or I have revealed, I have revealed your name. I have manifested your name, God, to these men that they have kept your word. Verse 7, now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. So those are wonderful words that if those men, and to me, I believe that they're, they're there, that they can hear these words that Jesus is saying, that Jesus said right at the end of talking to him in chapter 16, he lifts up his eyes and he starts praying to God. They, am I, they can hear this prayer. And he's saying that these men that you have, get, have given me, they're good men. And these men have received the word and they believe that word and they believe that I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Peter m- made that confession in earlier chapters. He said, I've given them their word, and they know for sure that I have come from you, and I'm doing your will, God. So I've revealed, I have given them your name, and I've given them your word. John chapter 17, verse 9 says, I pray for them. He says, I I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. So we see that relationship that, he, that, that Jesus is saying the same thing he's been saying. He's that I am in you and you are in me. Where, where they ask, well, have we seen the Father? He's like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He says, so these men, just as I am in you and you are in me, they also are in us. And we are glorified in them. But that's a wonderful. I mean, I, I try to put my mindset there in the apostles of being uh, uh, Peter there and listening to that I praying for them. For one, it's going to be hard because they're going to be scattered. And two, they've got some work to do. And we're going to study that later on in this chapter, that I pray for them, that they continue there. You know, in John chapter 10, if you recall back in John chapter 10, where Jesus was talking about the I and the good shepherd and the good shepherd knows his sheep. Well, this, this is the same for us today, that he says, I know them, they are mine, they are in me, and I am in them. Just says, I am in you and you are in me, God. That's what Jesus is saying, that Jesus knows his sheep that he is the good shepherd, and he knows that these men are his, just like he knows that we are his as well. And in John chapter 17, verse 11, the Bible says, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I have come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. So there's that unity, and there's that strengthening that I think he's praying for them during this time of work that they're about to begin in the book of Acts. Verse 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of, uh, of uh, perdition, and that word perdition means destruction, except for the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. So he, he's saying, these men that you've given me, I've kept them. They've been with me. They've seen my miracles. They've helped me out. They, they, they've listened to my, my word, and none of them are lost. That means they're, they're good guys. They're the guys. They're the guys that we want to go out and do this work. None of them are lost except Judas Iscariot, which we have been studying about, which we're going to actually talk about a lot more in the next chapter. So stay, so stay tuned for that. But he is the son of perdition. He is the son of destruction. That is Judas. Saying the rest of them I have kept, they are not lost. You know, back in John chapter 13 here, the Bible says, if you recall from our study in John chapter 13, which was not that, that, that long ago, 
Jesus says here, little children, speaking to this same group of men that we're talking about now, he said, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. So now I, I, I say to you, he's, he's, he's been saying this message to them over and over. And it's a preparation. He's like, I'm going to be gone. And I'm trying to let, let you guys know that. He said, I'm about to be gone, and you will seek me, and you will not be able to find me. He said, but in verse 34, he says, A new commandment I, I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have loved one to another. Is that not true for us today? Is that not the same message for us today, that people know that we are disciples of Jesus Christ if we have loved one for another? But that's also that strengthening there that he's telling his, his apostles there. He said, if you guys want to be one, because it's not just being one with Jesus. It's not just one being God. He wants those apostles to be one. And one of the ways that they do that is love, that bond of perfection that we study in, in scriptures. It's the same for us today. We want to be in Jesus Christ, and we do that through baptism. But then when we come out of that water, we are saved, we are new creatures, and we have a family that we need that love with that family, that we can be together, and that we can be strong. And if we do, people will know. People will see that we are, 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 are the disciples, and people are going to want to come and be a part of that love. So backing up there where it says that, that keep them that thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. And one of the best ways for those apostles to be one is they continue that love that they have for their Savior, that love they have for their God, and the love that they have for each other. John chapter 17, verse 13. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they, may, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So he's still saying that same prayer. He's saying, I am coming to you, God. The time of my crucifixion, so to speak, is, is at hand. Verse 14, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil or from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. We sing that song, this world is not my home. These verses here, where he's saying here that I speak them in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. It's not the joy of the world. He's saying that my joy fulfilled in themselves is that they continue the work see these apostles have a job to do so to speak and it's saying that i've given your word and they're going to go spread that word and since they have that word guess what the world is going to hate them and if you want proof of that go study the book of acts and you'll see that hatred you'll see that persecution upon these men as they're going about spreading the word of god and it says there, I pray that you don't take them out of the world because sometimes that will be great. You know, Paul said that to die is great gain, but it's a benefit for me to stay. It's a benefit for me to be here to help and to teach you and establish you and nurture you and bring you up and all these things. So he's saying there, I want to make sure that they stay away from the devil, that they stay away from the evil, but I don't want them to be taken out of the world. Why? Because they are the ones that are going to go spread the word and establish the church and save souls. We need those apostles. We need these men to be strong and to do that work. And they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Just like the Lord's kingdom is not of the world. You know, 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 speak these same words. And this is John writing in his letter now, John. Same John. 1 John 2, verse 15, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. That's the love. 
and the love is to do the will of God will abide forever. He says, don't love the things of the world. And that's what the apostles are. He's saying, they're not of the world because I'm not of the world because they're in me. Love not the world or the things in the world. That's the same message for us, us today. Don't be of the world. Don't love that flesh and the eyes and the pride of life and all those things because none of that has to do with the Father. None of that has to do with Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying about these apostles here. They know that. They understand that. John chapter 17, verse 17, the Bible says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And that word sanctify means set them apart. Set, set them apart through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You know, we hear a lot about truth that, you know, my truth is not the same as your truth and, and all these things. And, and, and we hear these things. But Jesus here is saying very clearly, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. If you want to know what absolute truth is, it's that book that we all have in our hand. That is truth. God's word is truth. And it's not changing. It's not molding or morphing truth. It is the same truth then as, as it is now. And thou hast sent, the, hast sent me into the world, even so I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. It's all about the word. We're coming to the word now. We're, we're coming to the truth. And that's what Jesus said, I have given these men truth. I have given them your word. I have given them the word. And that word is powerful, and that word is what's going to go build the church. It's the foundation that's going to establish the church. And he's saying, I am sending these men out. They need to be sent so that the church may start. I'm going to send them, and I'm sending them with truth, the ultimate truth. And that's what is the amazing thing to me is that we have that truth. It's the same truth. We have that same word that Jesus gave to his apostles there to set them apart from the world. You know, in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 15, the Bible says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him on whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Jesus Christ is glad tidings of good things. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Jesus Christ is the one that can save souls. He's the one that can change people's lives like he's going to change these men's lives. If you see them before Jesus is dead or before Jesus is crucified and after he's risen from the dead and shows him and all these things that we're going to study, those men are radicalized and they go out and they do all these things. They are sent and they go and preach. The gospel of peace. So that word, that's, that's a message or that's a mission for us still today, just like it was for the apostles, that nobody's going to hear the word if nobody preaches the word. John chapter 17, verse 20 through 21, the Bible says, Neither pray I for these alone. So here we're, we're kind of coming to a close. We're kind of concluding this chapter here, this prayer of, of Jesus. Now he's switching gears a little bit here and kind of moving on past the apostles, those men there that he's talking about, his disciples there that are with him. And it says in John chapter 17, verse 20, neither, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. That's you, me, brothers and sisters. So those that believe on Jesus Christ through their word, that's, that's me. That, that's you. We have that word. We have their word. And through studying, we see that word and we believe that word. And we believe on them through their word. And it says there that we can, it can be one, just as the Father is one in Jesus Christ. And that way the world may believe that thou hast sent me. You know, some people don't. But many people in the world still believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God because we believe 
in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we believe through the word that we have, through the word that we see and through the word that we study, that the apostles brought forth to the world. So the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 through 22. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning of verse 19, the Bible says, Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye are also built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. That's us. That we were those strangers. We were foreigners too, just like he's talking to these Ephesians here. He's saying, but now you can be fellow citizens. You can be saints. You can be in the household of God. You can be in that habitation. You can be in that temple. You can be those things. Why? Because Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for our sins. And that's just fantastic. It is amazing. It is a wonderful work of God or whatever you want to put on it. That what Jesus is talking about here and through those men spreading that word. We can be those citizens, and we can be of the household of God. John chapter 17, verse 22 now. <clears throat> John chapter, chapter 17, verse 22, the Bible says, And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. And I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved me as thou hast loved me. So it almost sounds very similar to the verses that we just read, but Jesus is trying to make sure that this message drives home here. Say, these, that the glory that you have given me, I have given them. And that glory, they're going to go spread as we go study the book of Acts. And it says there that that love is made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me, that the world may know that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the one who is able to die on that cross for the remission of our sins and all these things. Jesus is making sure that he confirms and affirms the who he is. And these apostles have a big part to play in that. You know, John chapter 17, verse 24, the Bible says, Father, I will, thou, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. That almost goes all the way back to chapter 1 that we studied. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. That's Jesus Christ. He said, the love, backing up here, the love that you have given me is the love that you've had for me before the foundation of the world. Because Jesus Christ was with God. Jesus Christ was gloried with God. He was with God and equal with God. Then he came to earth, now he's going back. So that the work that he needed to complete is completed. From the foundation of the world, before the world began, Jesus was. John chapter 17, verse 25 through 26. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. Verse 26, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. It's, it's about love. This chapter just goes through love. It's saying the love that, that they should have for each other, the love that they should have for Jesus Christ. Say, I've declared your name to them, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me, they have. And the love that they have, we have. And it just goes on and on if we continue this cycle. And the key for these apostles, the key for us, and the key that Jesus is driving home for them is love, love of God, love of Jesus Christ, and love for each other. And as we close, I'd like to study that topic just a little bit more tonight. If you would turn to me to 1 John chapter 4, 
1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21, and chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. This is John writing in his first letter, John's first letter, John, 1 John chapter 4. And many times as I've been studying through the book of John and going back and studying 1 and 2 and 3 John, I see lots of the same thing. I mean, he wants to make sure these concepts are, are there, that we understand these concepts. 1 John chapter 4, beginning of verse 7, the Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that, that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the, uh, uh, the uh, propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us, his, uh, given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but, love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how could he love God, whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Uh, chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus, Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begot loveth him also that he begotten, uh, be begot, begotten of him. Verse 2, But this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he that came by water and blood. Even so, Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. If you read those verses, and I would encourage you to go back and study those verses more, that's what's been, being talked about here in John chapter 17 as well. That, that love. That if you love God, or you say you love God, and you don't love the people in this room, you're a liar. That's what the Bible is saying, that we should have love for each other, and that love for each other reflects the love that we have for God. And it said our love is made perfect in Jesus Christ who overcame the world. And to me, when I read these verses, it really hits home with this chapter, John chapter 17. I encourage you to study more First John as we finish out the, the, uh, the book of John. And we talk about that love that we should have for each other, just like that love the apostles for have for each other. And, and, and have that going forward in our Christian life. Tonight, if you are not a, a, a child of God, as we talked about here in 1 John chapter 5, that we have water here. 
that if you are not a child of God and you wish to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we, can, we have water here behind me. We can do that, that for you so that you can start having these promises and having these blessings that he's talking about that those people that have. That you can start having that family of love, that you can have that love that Jesus Christ has for you, and that begins by becoming a Christian. That being a Christian begins with being baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Being baptized into his death that we can arise and walk in newness of life. And that newness of life will bring that love. That, that, that newness of life will begin starting there with, with that baptism. And if you wish to do that tonight, we will certainly are here to assist you in that. If you are a, a child of God and you need the prayers of the church or there's anything that we can help you with, we want to help you. We ask you please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing. Oh.